0: Welcome to the Me and My House podcast. We are your hosts, Stephen and Aubin Stroop. Thanks for listening in as we share our adventures in marriage, parenting, and ministry. We hope to inspire, encourage, and teach others that when we choose to live for the glory of God, that life is not only better, it is a life abundant. Yeah. six weeks, and my wife said that we haven't done anything since May 12th. I don't even know how that's possible, Um, but we had a lot of stuff happen.
1: Yeah, busy summer.
0: Busy summer. We uh, were primed and ready to go with another podcast, I think, in the end of May, and then I woke up one day and uh, no toilets were flushing in the house, and we moved out to the country just under a year ago. And so that means something totally different in the country than it does in the city.
1: Well, it wasn't just toilets flushing. Oh, it that's was right. Stuff coming up in the shower yeah, as yeah. well.
0: Shower, sinks, all that good stuff. Yeah. And uh, so living out in the country, that means I got to start looking for my septic tank, which I had no clue where it was at. Mm-mm. And I hunted down the original owner of the house and asked him, and he was a sweetheart of a guy and told me it's somewhere between... This drain you see here and that stake out there in the field. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I proceeded to dig with my sons uh, for about 10 hours that day. Four or five feet deep or about 30 feet and never found anything. And then we kept on following the line and lo and behold, about 10 hours later, it was curved off to the right a little bit, maybe 12 inches underneath the soil. So yeah, that was pretty frustrating, but it was uh, a good learning Uh, experience for us and we got all that taken care of
1: had to somewhat rebuild
0: had to rebuild some of that stuff and and i'm not a plumber mm -mm. and uh but we got all taken care of and then we were thinking well we'll podcast next week and then i think uh storms rolled in uh, lost
1: power a few times yeah
0: lost power a few times and out here again in the country there's nothing you can do about it
1: Unless you have a generator, which... Uh,
0: which my neighbor does.
1: It's on the list. And it's on the list. <laughs> <laughs> a very long list of things um, that we'd like.
0: And then uh, I think we were ready to podcast again one more time, and I came home one day, and uh, I was greeted by my wife and children who said they think the pig is dead. <laughs> <laughs> sure enough, I look over into her little house, and she's about twice the size as she normally is. So I think that she probably stuck her snout into a uh, to a mesquite bush or something after the rains that we had had and probably got bit by a rattlesnake. And so I buried my very first pet for this family. Mm-hmm. I have buried many dogs in my past, but I have never buried a hundred pound or plus. I think uh, probably, she was well, over. she was probably 100 well over a hundred pounds, massive potbelly pig. But uh, we got to digging again, and thankfully, we had digging muscles worked up from digging up the septic (laughs) tank, but we buried our first pig. I thought the kids would take it really hard, but the next morning, we woke up, and they had a cardboard tombstone stuck in there that said, rest in peace, big fat pig. (laughs) So I don't think they took it that hard. No. And and then just uh, after that, we got busy with work. There was so much work happening and so many things happening. Plus, uh, my band, SoulStrum, won a battle of the bands. Kind of
1: accidentally won, right? Yeah,
0: we did. We kind (laughs) of accidentally won.
1: Entered for fun and ended up winning.
0: And so the prize for that was to play a show, uh, which happened last week. But that show was supposed to be only about 50 minutes long, and it turned into a two-hour show. So we spent the last several weeks just focusing on that, practicing that. But it was a great event, and we probably had... I don't know, four or five hundred people in attendance, and uh, we were able to share the gospel from the stage, both in song and in words. So it was really, I mean, it was, it's was it been an eventful summer so far.
1: It has, and we really, it's surprising because we didn't go on a vacation this summer. No. Um, we didn't have anything planned. We and need a vacation. We do need a vacation.
0: <laughs>
1: I feel like we need a vacation, but... Here it is, uh, just about time for school to start.
0: So. Yeah, everybody's going back this week, I think. Most mm-hmm. of them, maybe next week, too. But um, we wanted to podcast the whole time, and it's something that's really important to us. And we've had really good feedback from people that were listening uh, back in May, and they've continued to listen and and uh, share with other people. And so that kept encouraging us to to get back after it. So we decided, well... Let's get after it. Yep. So uh, with the uh, new school year starting off, both for, uh, you know, homeschoolers and private schoolers and public schoolers and parents and kids alike, we thought, well, why don't we address education?
1: Yeah, I think it'd be great to just talk about maybe a different way. Yeah. And I don't even mean just homeschool. Yeah, Um, because um, homeschool, a lot of times, very often, just looks like school at home. Yeah. You know, there's really nothing different from what's going on in the public schools other than you're doing it at home.
0: Right. Um, Maybe we're talking about a different way of just thinking through education
1: mm,
0: for your children.
1: More in terms of not schooling, but discipleship.
0: Right, right.
1: Yeah, because I I think that was probably the original intent. I definitely get that from Scripture, that that is education. Education is discipleship. Discipleship is education.
0: Right. There's no real separation of it if you look in Scripture. So um, then why why don't we think through that biblical lens the best we can?
1: Yeah, and I think, um, so I've been thinking about, about this with us getting ready to start back. Um, I've told a few people that hopefully we'll be starting a week from, um, I should say maybe mid, mid August. We in the past, we have waited until after Labor Day to start, but I kind of like starting a little earlier, just gets us back into a routine faster. But I've been telling a few people who've asked when we're starting, you know, that I wasn't exactly sure when we would start. I felt like I needed to kind of get my act together yeah, and um, I know for some people um, that you know that, that's like, well, what do you mean? Get your act together, you know? Haven't don't you, you been doing this for 18 yeah years? <laughs> yeah, don't you have this figured out? But that's kind of the point of our podcast tonight, right? Which is we do things differently around here,
0: at least in the Stroop home, we do.
1: Yeah, um, but uh, I think we wanted to present that tonight as. Um, you know, maybe just a little insight, I guess, into what we do, but then also as an encouragement to listeners that it's okay to do things differently. Um, I think a lot of times we tend to all travel the same path because it's kind of what's accepted and what's expected, but I think sometimes we can get stuck in a rut doing things that really don't work and we never really stop to think about why we do them that way yeah. or if they even work at all. Mm. Um, so I have a lot to say about this. Should I just start saying it? And do you have any thoughts before I start? <laughs>
0: before you just hog the microphone? Oh,
1: by the way, I oh, wanted to oh, add something. It's
0: already begun. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so our last podcast was entitled, Does Anyone Still Shop at the Gap?
0: Oh, that's right. Was that the very last one? Yeah. Yeah. So this is funny. So uh, we went to um, we are we had a, a grocery order that didn't pan out uh, Pick because up. of uh, pickup, you know, shortages and things like that. Uh, so our dinner plans got changed and we went and got uh, a meal uh, out, which we don't normally do. But we really enjoyed that tonight And we drove up to the place and and it's next to a gap and a.
1: Banana Republic. Banana
0: Republic. And uh, and you said, hey, you remember we asked, does anybody even shop at Gap anymore? <laughs> and uh, both of those places were going out of business. They're both out of business. Yeah. <laughs> Their signs
1: are down. There is no more Gap. In fact, I got online earlier to look at um, a business that was for sale. Not that we were wanting to purchase it. I was just interested in the piece of land. And... Um, I found those two retail locations listed for sale. Yeah. So apparently if anyone still shops at the gap, it is very few. Well, it's not
0: <laughs> here. People. It's not here anyway.
1: It's not popular here yeah. for sure. You don't see a lot of people wearing khakis around here. You just really don't No. So no. anyway, all right. So, um, back to thinking differently on school. Um, so the way we kind of do things, or I guess, let me just say this, our our goal for our children's education the end goal let's say that is not is actually that they would not attend college right we actually train our children to pursue their education and discipleship without college in mind
0: and what what got us on that Uh, as a as a goal for us or what what made that important to us
1: well I think there's many reasons Um, but one of the main reasons was we think that there is a lot of freedom um, in entrepreneurship right and um, we really feel like um college is a not, it's just not necessary yeah. for, honestly, for the majority of things that people will pursue careers, people will, will pursue. However, it's still the choice almost everyone makes. Yeah. Um, I also think we made that decision because I don't think anyone would deny that our colleges are I mean, it really doesn't matter which one you attend. And this could even apply to Christian colleges. Oh, yeah. Seminaries, even yeah. now, yep. are extremely liberal. Yep. And a lot of times, uh, the statistics show that your child, um, by the end of their freshman year in college, will walk away from the faith. Right. Um, because of, you know, it's what they're spending their time being indoctrinated. Uh, with. And it's, it really gives them this crisis of belief. Yeah. And not that I think it's bad for a child to have to consider what they believe. I think they have to take ownership of that faith and, and come to terms with, you know, is this what I believe? And, um, but, um, but I think the, the university is, it's really just not a place that we want our kids.
0: Well, it's, it's definitely, um, uh, there's a more aggressive, um, uh, indoctrination against all things uh, Christian mm-hmm. uh, in the schools I mean it's been nearly 20 years since I was out of a classroom and I remember uh, even just in a local community college here one of the professors or several uh, not just one maybe two or three of the professors quite honestly um, really putting you know hard uh, arguments against Christianity mm-hmm. in their classes and and I remember thinking oh, that's pretty well, that doesn't really have anything to do with this class, but you're really pressing hard on that. Um, so it is. It, it's a very big indoctrination uh, place, and 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 I think um, you know we we both went to college, and uh, you know that's it, when we were younger. That's exact. That was stressed so hard. Go to college. College makes everything better. College makes getting your job easier, college prepares you for life, and college does this and college does that. And and the truth is, is I finally finished my college degree, and the first good-paying job that I got, uh, the boss looked at me and said, I didn't hire you because you had a college degree on there. I hired you because uh, you came well-recommended and because you had experience in what I needed and uh, because everyone that I talked to said you're an incredibly hard worker. And uh, he said, I didn't care if you had that college on there. Uh, and I just was shocked because I just spent all this time and money going and, and, uh, and trying to get this degree that I thought would make a big difference. And now I don't even work with anything that I went to school for.
1: Well, and that's what's so interesting. Everything you do now, the business that you started 10 years ago and yeah. everything you do to provide for a family of 14, yeah. you did by learning online. You literally yeah. would get a job you would go research how to do it on your own and then you would go tackle the job until you learned how to do so many different things you didn't you didn't need to go
0: what speaks I think it speaks to, to it. Um, the information age we live in yeah you know because I mean heck we were still using card catalogs to look up information when we were
1: when we were in college when we were
0: uh, in college even yeah and uh, and now I mean if you want to you can find information on how to do anything. And and I and I know that there's some degrees that are definitely they require that. I mean, obviously, if you're going to be a lawyer, you have to have the the education to pass that bar exam, and and, and if you're going to be a doctor, you have to have the education and the experience to pass medical uh, uh, are they medical board exams. I can't remember what they're called, but um, and, and there's there's more than just those. However, I would I gave you an example when we were talking about this earlier that we have a friend that, um, uh, well, two friends. One, one friend I know that, uh, that had no engineering college uh, education at all, but because he worked with his uh, father in engineering uh, for so long and he, and he learned that particular, uh, more specific, I don't remember which the specific engineering it was, but he learned those things through that experience, that he was able to go out and get a job because they, uh, the company, could see what he knew. And uh, then I gave you the other example of, uh, of our friend uh, Weston that um, went to college for uh, finance and accounting, and and uh, and he came, he got through the whole thing just shy of taking um, the uh, CPA exam. Uh, but he had worked for his dad for years, uh, who was a diesel mechanic here in the oil field, and uh, and now has really become quite good at that, just because of the experience, to the point where he's an asset at the company he's at right now. Um, never went to college for it at all, yep. and makes a good living and provides. And so it's not it's not a um, you know that you can't you can do every single job without college, but there are so many jobs. Well, and, and I would probably say don't you think the majority yeah, of jobs?
1: Yeah. I, I do and I, I think there are statistics to back up the fact that the majority of kids that come out of well, I shouldn't really call them kids because they're adults by the time they're done with college. Right. The majority of adults <clears throat> coming out of college don't even end up pursuing professions that have anything to do with their degree right. at all. Right. And I would say so when I went to school I got an education degree and Then I went to teach for a while until we had kids. And that education degree did not prepare me a lick for teaching (laughs) in a classroom. I had no idea what I was doing. And I remember just praying and praying when I was in my first semester of teaching that the principal wouldn't walk by the classroom because I did not have a clue what I was doing. And I really just prayed that no one would kill someone. You know, I, I was so overwhelmed and intimidated And the way that I learned how to manage a classroom was the experience. I just got in there and and learned by trial and error. And it's really that way with most jobs. Uh, When you get out of college, honestly, they don't really, you're either going to finish this college degree and get an entry level position making beans, um, or you're going to end up getting a, a job in something that has nothing to do with your degree. Like I said before, And still probably making beans for the most part.
0: And all the while those beans don't pay off that college debt. That
1: massive debt. That's the other issue with college is it was expensive when we were in. I I think the price has tripled or even greater than that. Uh, When I've looked up prices, it's unbelievable how expensive it is to go to college. And what exactly are you paying for? Are you paying for a great education, I really think it's subpar these days. And, um, a lot of times you're paying for your child to turn against you and everything you've taught them. And, um, so it's just never been appealing to us, um, to have that track in mind to send our kids to college. And so with that, it really frees up the way we educate our kids.
0: Right, because if you don't, for us, since we're not starting with a goal of what do I have to teach my children to has prepare to be on them the transcript. for college, mm-hmm. then we get a whole new freedom in how we're able to educate our children. Yes. And I know that, that probably seems scary, but honestly, it's something that was more scary to us when we were younger and had younger children. But now that I've seen at least one of our children graduate and another one uh, not far behind him. I'm not too nervous about it anymore because I really see that the experience and the character building and the learning uh, on the job type of a thing really pays off.
1: Yeah. So I will say this first or up front and that is we we do all the basic stuff. I mean, obviously oh, yeah. we teach our children to read and write. We do all the maths. Um, we do science. We do history. We do all the things that we feel are important and, and that are necessary for a good, well-rounded education. But it's the way we approach them. Um, it's how we teach them. And the the main thing we are focused on is not that they learn a bunch of facts that they can recite, you know, dates that they've memorized or things like that, but we're really interested in the character yeah. of our kids. Um, I'm really interested in, in them learning um, working hard on whatever it is that they're working on. And, um, I'm very interested in them gaining, um, or learning to grow in their relationship with the Lord. Um, and so when we are designing the school year, what we want it to look like, we take all those things into consideration. Um, and so when I'm not having to just plow through, um, a particular subject because it's, what's, you know, going to look good on a transcript, but it really has no, you know, other than the basics. So like an elective, you know, you'd have to have so many electives on a transcript. Um, but my child has no desire, no interest in that particular elective or, um, you know, or even in the higher maths, you know, a higher math might look good on a transcript, but if I know, my son has, you know, achieved all of his math goals that you know would be required um, statewide. Then beyond that, you know, let's do some real life stuff. Let's let's yeah let's work on the real life things that matter that are really going to help him. Yeah, um, and a lot of our schooling is hands on. It's it's a lot less books.
0: So a couple of things on that that I um, I remember is. Um, you know when you say hands-on it started pretty early with our um, older boys that they would um, learn their fractions and everything in the morning and they come to work with me in the afternoon and learn how to read that tape measure for dimensions on a project that I was working on in renovation well that ingrains Mm -hmm. that fraction those fractions into you and how to how to do that math and um the second thing I was going to say is that um I have yet to use any of the calculus or trigonometry hmm. or statistics or, or any of the higher things that I took. I've yet to use any of that.
1: And you build all the time.
0: Yeah, yeah. I've, I've, I've never had to use any of it. And I'm not saying there aren't some jobs that need that, mm-hmm. uh, but I'll come back to that. Um, well, let me, let me just go ahead and address it now. So uh, one of the goals we had and one of the things we learned uh, because we didn't realize this at first, but one of the things we learned when we first started homeschooling was if you can train your child to read well and you can train them to speak well and you can train them to think hard on something, then they learn how to teach themselves. Yeah. And so if you give them the foundational subjects and you give them everything that they need and they only go so far you know, in math, in the like algebra one or geometry or whatever, the last... Out, whatever the last math is that you want to give your child. If they continue to pursue something that uh, they want to do in life that requires a higher math skill, well, now they have the ability to go teach themselves mm-hmm. that, um, that higher math skill. Um, and so that's, that's something to always keep in. Teach them to learn to love. Um, to, I'm sorry. Teach them to love learning and teach them to really research and go after something when they're passionate about it well then that's not some math credit is not going to keep that some math prerequisite is not going to keep them from trying to go after that particular job that might require that and then the last thing I was going to say is that um you know like you said a lot of the maths we have are not something that most of us end up using it's just a class we had to take so you know one of the things we have tried to to implement is things like money math. I mean, Mm -hmm. nobody teaches that anymore. And you have, it shows because when you go to, you know, a restaurant, um, if the computer goes out, nobody even knows how to count change out, Mm -hmm. you know, or they don't know how to work a savings and checking account or they don't, you know, so there's some simple things like that that are so much more applicable um, well, in the a, long haul,
1: yeah, and a great way to teach that is having your kids start their own little business, right? Because there, we have found that having kids work, um, create things, and and promote it, or um, design things, or uh, bake things, yeah, and then offer those things for sale. Well, it's a wonderful opportunity for them to practice <clears throat> what they're learning. You know, maybe it is math, and you can learn math in your line of work, which is in construction, or doing a lot of what I do, which is a lot of cooking and baking, um, large
0: large quantities. Yes,
1: in very large <laughs> quantities, double, triple, quadruple recipes all the time, and uh, all the kids are familiar in the kitchen and and are learning to read those recipes and how to do all of that. And it it may seem like, you know, when you say that, it kind of seems small. However those are everyday life skills that they will, I mean, they will literally use them every single day. Um, But it also really reinforces things that they've seen in a book or a workbook or a worksheet that they might be working on that would make no sense to them outside of that worksheet. Right. If they didn't then go have the opportunity to practice that very thing and see it in play.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you, you want to be thankful for your education. Well, then uh, it's those moments where you had to apply it that made you thankful for it. Mm -hmm. You know, because if you never applied it, you're not really thankful for it.
1: Well, no. And, and honestly, I think it's a a huge part of what's wrong with uh, the education system. It's, it's gone way downhill. And as far as what it's producing in the end, because it is a one-size-fits-all approach, and um, everybody works out of the same book, yeah. and it's just a bunch of facts and figures, and it loses its meaning. And, and I really think when the the content that's being taught has meaning, it, it means something something to this child because they have to use it. Right, um, it sticks. And they don't despise it. They enjoy it because, you know, I, I remember several times our older boys asking me questions when I was first homeschooling um, and had come from a classroom setting. And I did bring school home. I did just do what was in, you know, school because I didn't know any differently. And honestly, I didn't know I could do whatever I wanted to do. Um, and... I remember them asking me, you know, why do we do this? Why do we do that, mom? Why, why do we have to, will I ever use this, mom? And, you know, there are some things that they just have to learn because you just have to learn them. And I think that's a, a good work on their character right. that we we um, persevere and we do things that we don't want to do because sometimes that's life. But also there are some <laughs> things that we just do as a whole um, as a society that are completely pointless. And we've never really stopped to think about why Why do we do this? What yeah. is the point? Is it necessary? And then go from there, you know, yeah. change it up uh, if it's not necessary. Um, so I wanted to talk about um, boys in particular. Um, I think one thing that has always bothered me so much is when I hear these poor moms um, so frustrated um, because their boys are in trouble all the time at school, they won't sit still, um, they talk too much, they're hanging upside down in their chairs, um, you know, they just have a very hard time focusing. And so what is the typical solution for that? Uh,
0: Put put them on uh, medicine or...
1: Yeah, put them on Ritalin or
0: you know something, they something like that label
1: them ADD ADHD yeah um and now they have even more terms i don't
0: i don't know it's like all the
1: oppositional defiance plus, disorder minus this and that <laughs> you know. oppositional defiance oppositional defiance disorder i don't know i think is what it's called isn't that just didn't that just mean we needed a spanking when we were growing <laughs> up
0: <laughs> i was i was oppositional and defiant when i grew up so <laughs>
1: Well, I know I got a few spankings for those um, very a, things. A few? Uh, uh, <laughs> yes, several. Um, but, yeah, there's so many terms now. But I, I get so – I feel so bad for these moms. I feel bad for the teachers, too, because I understand that when you have a classroom with, you know, 25 to 28 kids – and maybe you have 15 boys in there and they none of them will sit still, or you might have one or two that'll sit still. It, it becomes very difficult to teach when, when you're required to have them sit in a desk all day. Right. You're required to have them behave a certain way because that is the way that kids are supposed to behave at school. And so, and, and your hands are tied because what do you do? You can't, you can't discipline them, um, I mean, you can, but it's very minimal what can be done. And anyway, so my point is, I feel bad for the teachers, but I feel bad for the moms because they think something's wrong with their sons.
0: No, when in fact, they're just their boys. boys.
1: They're and, just and boys. They're just boys.
0: God designed them to be wilder at heart. Yes. Physically. To move. To move. And, um.
1: He didn't make them to sit still in a desk. You know, I was. All, I, it remind,
0: reminds me of whenever Zeke was uh, small, and we would do Bible reading at time at, at night or something, right before they go to bed or something. And he just would be bouncing all over the place, and I'd get so upset with him while I'm trying to read the Bible because I'm pretty uh, uh, rigid in that area. And and I'd say, you didn't even hear a word I said because you're bouncing all over that bed. And and he would then repeat back to me almost every word I said because he, he was listening to the whole thing. But he had energy and he just had to bounce and he had to go. And he had to. And and so I learned right then and there that. Boys are made.
1: They don't have to, to sit still to learn.
0: Yeah, to, yeah. They, In fact, sometimes they learn better when they're not sitting still. They and, do. you know, just to go back to something you said, um, it, it is a it is a hard thing for the teachers too. Um, because it's not, um, we know a host of great teachers, yeah. but the greatest teachers, if you think about it, even, even at our age, I know 40, 50 years old, 60 year old people could probably all look at you, maybe even older than that could look at you and say, yeah, I went to public school and whatever, but I had uh, this teacher or that teacher that really just uh, spoke into my life and it was because of the, they had a huge influence on me. Well, it's because that teacher took more time to devote to that one student uh, because they knew that they needed a little bit more than what the programmed um, curriculum would give, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so they made an impact on that student that lasted forever. Well, that's what the kind of education that's one of the, this is a shameless plug for homeschooling right now, but that's, that's basically one of the biggest perks of homeschooling is that it is all custom to each child from the, the influence level. Um, and because we don't have 28 people in a classroom, which we, we have um, almost half that, but uh, but because we don't have 28 people in one classroom and we don't have to have this cookie cutter approach uh, then there's a freedom to say, well, this kid needs to be dealt with this way because that really gets through to them. And this kid is a different way. And so, I, you know, it, it is not a, a teacher problem necessarily as much as it is just sometimes the when you get a system that can't be bent Mm -hmm. Um, then it's hard to make the impact that you want to make.
1: Yeah, so then you're left as a mom thinking, well, my child's just disobedient or there's something wrong or maybe he does need medication because he can't function well in this classroom. And maybe it's a girl too. I mean, there are probably some little girls who struggle with that as well. Though with eight boys, I find it more common in in boys. Right. Um, But I just want to say that there is nothing wrong with your son. Yeah. He... I, I think there may be the rare case that medication is necessary for particular things but I think it is very rare yeah most of those boys need to go run and play yeah they don't need to be sitting in a desk they need to be able to learn um, their numbers and letters and you know whatever it may be they're reading Um by if, if they need to walking around the room, yeah. um, our boys, they would hang upside down in their chairs when they read their books, when they were doing their phonics. And there are times to sit still. And I do make them sit still some, especially when I'm giving them one on one instruction. But we also have lots of breaks. And if they need to get up and go do something, then that's what they do. Plus, we do not sit and do school for eight hours a day. No, that's the other wonderful thing about homeschooling is that we're typically we can fit our school in and be done by lunchtime every day. And that even includes my high school boys. Um, They know what they have to get done during the day. They get up in the morning, they have breakfast, they do their school. And my high school boys, um, they go to work in the afternoons with their dad, which is another fantastic thing. They have the freedom and flexibility to to do that. But the fact that we're not sitting in a desk all day. Yeah. gives them more of a um, focus during those school hours because they know they don't have to sit there well, for I, I, hours on end.
0: Yeah. And I, I've visited with a lot of public school parents that also agree with that sentiment too, because they would say, you know, man, it just seems like they just send them home with busy work. Just, yeah. I mean, they just fill them up with so much homework and things. And, you know, once you've got something, you've got it. You don't need to yeah. keep on doing all this paperwork for it. No. Um, so I think there's there's a lot of people that would agree with that too. Yeah. Um Yeah. But like you said, with the homeschooling uh, part of it, um, we don't we don't have to worry about that because we focus on what has to be done, and then when you do that, you're done. At a, but the other thing is, is you don't follow – now, you used to, but you don't have a core curriculum either, which kind of is a little different than some of our homeschooling friends.
1: Yeah, so I don't – by that, it means I don't go to a particular company and order – you know, their entire fifth grade curriculum for my fifth grader. Um, I've always kind of pulled, you know, science from this and history from that and math from here based off of what we liked and what, you know, what fit us best. Um, I tend to think learning history from reading great um, books on history is way more interesting than reading a textbook. Oh, yeah. Um, so we do that quite a bit. Um,
0: well, I love history uh, and was always a good student of history, but I hated the way that history was taught until I got to later in high school mm-hmm. or some college classes where I had a professor that was just great at...
1: It's like he told stories he, to it's you, It's like he right? told stories
0: to us. And yeah. then you were just on the edge of your seat you wanting are. to know more.
1: That's when our, our kids have learned the most. We, we've always read to them a ton. Um, and they've learned the most about history from yeah. the books we've read to them. Right. Um, but also, I would say now, nowadays, history, I don't even know that the textbooks are accurate. Yeah. Um, I think they're less and less accurate I as think, far as American history.
0: We'd probably be surprised at how inaccurate they were when we were in school, Well, too. you're probably right. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, I was not a good history student in school. I didn't enjoy it I, because I did not enjoy the the textbooks. I didn't feel like...
0: You liked grammar.
1: I loved grammar. Yeah. Give, me a, give me a sentence to diagram. No,
0: I hated diagramming <laughs> sentences.
1: Well, um, anyway, I wanted to also say that... Um, The whole college track. So, especially for boys, since we're we're kind of on the subject of boys. Yeah. um, I feel like even college, it it really doesn't even matter necessarily the degree. It all kind of leads to a behind-the-desk job. Mm. At least it seems that way. Uh, Or maybe I should say that seems to be the goal of most college degrees. You well, know, yeah. go get...
0: Because the more high-paid high, high paid yes. jobs are typically ones where you are not...
1: You're behind the desk. Uh,
0: ...in the field with your hands dirty.
1: Right, right. So, so I actually think that is more harmful than good. And so I think it's interesting that as a, a people, we think that's like the goal. Yeah. And I actually feel like it's possibly destroying us as a people. So let me explain. Yeah. Um, so we've just said God did not make boys to sit at a desk all day. Yeah. Um, so speaking from, let's just talk from a health standpoint first, and this will be sh- short and sweet. Um, they say now that the new smoking is sitting. Yeah. Um, the damage that, you know, we've always heard that smoking does to you. They're now saying sitting all day can do the same damage on your body. Yeah. Okay, so here we which, want this. Which
0: is why you have um, new inventions like uh, the um, the stand-up ad- desk. Stand desk, and now they sell them where you can adjust them mm-hmm. so you can sit and you can stand up and
1: mm-hmm.
0: and all that. They're trying to do everything they can to get movement behind that desk. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah, get up, move, move every hour, that kind of thing is a real push for that because it's really it's very unhealthy to sit all yeah. day. Um, okay. So you have that, but then also, um, it is good. And this is something we have learned from having so many boys. It is good to wear those boys out. Oh yeah. Boys tend to be less tempted. Yeah. Um,
0: and that's tempted. Uh, if you're a tiny boy mm-hmm. tempted to be mischievous, mm-hmm. tempted to, you know, Hit your brothers and sisters. Right. Tempted to, you know, get into things you shouldn't get into. All the way up to older boys where busyness keeps their young hormonal minds uh, to busy to be thinking about anything that they shouldn't.
1: Absolutely. It, well, it keeps it, When they're busy, it keeps them off of devices. Less yep. screen time, which automatically is a bonus. Wear them out, I say. Yes, <laughs> yes. It, it's very true. Boys need to be worn out. Now, they need to be worn out because it's good for them physically to get all that energy out. Um, but it's also, they feel fantastic afterwards. Yeah. I, yeah. I can't tell you how many times our sons have come home so exhausting and as a mom I, I kind of feel so bad for them you know I'm like nah. oh they work so hard you know nah. they're so young they can work but harder but they well you're probably right <laughs> and they come home with smiles and and comment on how good they feel about themselves yeah. for yeah. being productive
0: well point in case I was talking to you again uh, this morning oh yeah you're right yeah I can see <laughs> see what podcasters <laughs> can't see is whenever your wife corrects you from across the room by yeah by saying no, it's case in point. Well, it's point just funny case.
1: because he tends to get his little uh, sayings reversed. How you reversed. like them oranges? <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, case in point, um, I was explaining to you uh, this last weekend that I we had uh, we, like we had the the concert for the band and and I was worn out and so Saturday we rested but we had company in town and we played games all weekend and just I mean all the way into Monday took Monday off and. But by the time Monday rolled around, then I was starting to get a little fidgety uh, because I had work on my brain. And then Tuesday came, and it was, you know, my my new Monday, so everything went kind of crazy on it. And I sat in the car most of that morning, just going place to place, place running errands and and um, and getting things done. And I came home for lunch, and I was just filled with anxiety. No reason. And I'm not an anxious person, and I'm not a stressed out person, but I just was anxious. I was. I had pent-up energy or something. Anyway, that afternoon I went, in, went and started grouting a uh, uh, tub surround I was working on that I just tiled and in a house with no air conditioning and started to sweat like crazy and started to get that energy going. And I called you and I said, I feel better. Mm-hmm. And I felt better because I was getting up and getting that energy that God put in a man to go do that stuff and get it done out. You yeah. know, and, and it and it my anxiety went completely away. Yeah. So there, there's a another quote case and point <laughs> for uh, for that argument.
1: Yeah. Well, and so that takes me back to the whole goal of a college degree. You know, this this higher up job, supposedly higher up job. You know, I think it's interesting because our oldest um, did not go to college, is not in college and is pursuing the line of work that you do, which right. is what he's been doing since he was nine years old. Right. And so he, he's good at it. And um, immediately from graduation, just continued on in that and makes, and has the potential of making two, three times the amount of money that a kid out of college would be making. Right. Um, and no debt, no debt at mm-hmm. all. And because of the skills that he's learned from uh, apprenticing and working, um, is about to start building his own house, yep, um, from the ground up with his own two hands with cash. And you know that's that is that is the grace of God. That is not um, a. I don't want to sound like that's a bragging thing because honestly, you and I, this entire time, his whole life. I can't, I don't even remember how many times we've sat down and said to each other, we don't have a clue what we're doing every day. It is every day. We just have prayed and prayed and prayed and pursued a path that looked very different from the path we grew up on and the path that even our family and friends are on. And we were unsure, but felt very convicted that this was where God had led us and to see God working that out in his life um, is just a tremendous blessing and um, I just want to make sure to point um to, to to say that that is that it's just God it's the grace of God yeah
0: which is the whole point of the, the the podcast is to encourage those that would listen um because it's not we just because we preach it or or podcast about it doesn't mean that uh, it's not difficult Mm -hmm. and doesn't mean it doesn't come with some doubts and some fears and some, a lot of learning curves and things like that. But, um, we talk about these things because we've been convicted of them and because we see God's faithfulness when we don't feel like we know what we're doing all the time. And, and because of that, then we want to give that encouragement to those that would be trying to figure out what to do with their children or uh, what, you know, insert other subject that we might talk about.
1: Absolutely. Well, I just think that, um, excuse me, if maybe more parents felt free to pursue a different path, because I don't think that, you know, maybe it's something they haven't thought about, or maybe they just, uh, it's it's difficult to step out and go a different direction. And it's difficult for your kids, um, who are friends with you know, many people who are all attending college yeah. to say that isn't the route I'm going to go, but if if it's something, if it's a plan that you have, you have a goal in mind, it's a lot easier to take steps um, to to make that that shift um, from the college track to maybe trades. You know, but definitely, I I think that if more people would pursue kind of an entrepreneurial route. Yeah. Um, And I feel even more strongly about that since COVID than Mm -hmm. I did even before, because, you know, your business never shut down during COVID. It was deemed essential. Yeah. Um, And, but you work for yourself. (laughs) That's
0: argumentative though. Oh, it is. I mean, when I'm painting somebody's house because they want a different color on their walls, I'm like, "Hardly essential." essential." But
1: but (laughs) it was essential for us to eat. It was
0: essential for me to pay the bills, (laughs) so I gladly went and did it.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Well, but I'll say this: you know, the freedom and flexibility that we had um, during that was fantastic. Yeah. But then also, once you know. There started being all these mandates of yeah. well, you have to have this shot or you have to have this paper or you have to take a test every oh, week. In
0: order to show up for work. Yeah. We yeah. didn't
1: have to worry about any no, of that I because That's nice. we worked for ourselves. And and this track, this this entrepreneurial track, starting our own business. We didn't have a clue. This, this is not something we were trained in. It's, it's not, not something
0: we even planned for.
1: W- not at all. We had no clue we would head this route. In fact, we may have said this in a previous podcast. I don't remember. But we ended up on this path because you planted a church and we made about $18,000 a year for at that time a family of 10. Yeah. 10 to 11, I think. And there was no way we, we knew we couldn't survive no. uh, off of that. And so you had done some work with a friend, um, helping to sheetrock a house. And well, we renovated.
0: We actually built a, a, a home addition from the ground up. And so I learned a lot of different skills. Uh, but in from that, one job? From one job. But that the experience from that six, was it six months? Yeah, it was only six, six months. six months. It might have been less than that. Um, maybe maybe five months. But just in that five months, there was so much experience crammed down my throat with that particular job that, you know, I felt comfortable just getting online saying, Hey, does uh, anybody want some sheetrock patches done around their house? But you getting got holes in your house. <laughs> <laughs> and and I remember the first job I got uh, is for a sweet lady that we went to church with. And uh, it took me like two hours to do something I could do in about five minutes. And I've made hardly any money, but it led to doing way more than that in the years uh, after that, just because, well, I was just saying, you know, when you have to feed your family, that's a huge motivating factor to get out and learn how to do something.
1: Absolutely. So,
0: and if you have the will and desire to do that um, and, and you will just put your head down and focus, you can do it.
1: But how did you learn most of that stuff, babe? You learned it from
0: YouTube, YouTube. I'm not going to lie. YouTube uh, saved my life. I remember, my first, uh, my first tile job, ever, um, was for a friend of mine, and I think we did about f- somewhere between five to seven hundred square foot of tile, which doesn't seem—it's not a very big amount now, but it took me, even with the YouTube videos and having a friend that knew how to tile come and kind of talk me through some things, and it took me three weeks. That's that's shameful to think about now. <laughs> it took me three weeks. You- To tile that uh, job, I made
1: (laughs) nothing. I made nothing. (laughs) We made nothing
0: for that three weeks. I mean, it seemed like a good paycheck, but it just because it took three weeks instead of one, it it took forever with no pay. I lost feeling in my left hand, like total feeling. Like I couldn't play the guitar. I couldn't button my pants. I couldn't hold soap in my left hand. I mean, it was it was bad because I leaned on it so hard. Um, I mean, it was, it was pretty brutal. You lost
1: feeling in your hand for it was a couple months.
0: It, yeah. It was at least two, yeah. three months. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and, I, you know, the whole time I'm thinking, man, I, I made $1,500 to lose feeling in my hand for three months and <laughs> in three weeks and pay to pay, you know, oh, but it, yeah. but it was, it was, painful. it was painful. And yet I remember that was the first job that I took our oldest son on. Mm-hmm. And he he would hold the bucket while I mixed up thin set because I had no idea how to mix up thin set very well, and I was not putting enough water in it, and the whole bucket was swinging around with the mixer, and we couldn't hold it down. And I've got my <laughs> nine-year-old son helping me hold this thing down, so it's not it's not glamorous. Whenever you start going down that road, but I will tell you that the information age of YouTube and and uh, and reaching out to you know other brothers and sisters to say, hey, can you help me out? Can you show me what I'm supposed to do here? Talk me through this. And uh, and now, I mean, I could have done that floor in two days.
1: Yeah, know? but think about the advantage. So as we're talking to parents right now, you started doing that when you were in your early 30s.
0: Oh, yeah. Think
1: about, I mean, the advantage of having your your kids trained to do that from the time there maybe well, Zeke was well, only nine, but maybe... He was
0: training at nine, but he could do it now. He could do that job now. Oh,
1: yeah. But, you know, even even high schoolers that might just now be, you know, maybe they're thinking, I want to try that or go that route. I, they could learn all those hard lessons when they're at home, yeah living with mom and dad. They have no bills to pay or maybe they have a car payment or a phone yeah. payment. And they can afford to take three weeks to learn a job. I mean, this is the time to do it. Oh, yeah. You know, we took the really hard route. Um, and thankfully, God is a good God and provided everything we needed.
0: Well, and I'm a big advocate for, I mean, if, you're, if I just want to say something to parents of boys, well, and even girls, quite honestly, but um, if, I mean, teach them how to use a tool. You know, I've seen mm-hmm. 16-year-olds that don't know how to press the button on an electronic drill. You know, or yeah. uh, or parents ask me if, uh, hey, can my son come and and work with you because I mean he he doesn't even know how to hold a paintbrush mm-hmm. and um, it's it's those are such great skills, um, but but there's so much beyond the skill. There's the character building. There's the 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 uh, inspiration that they get when they're able to do something like that. The so work ethic. It's the work ethic. So um, well,
1: and you've had you had desk jobs. Oh yeah, you did bookkeeping, and that's
0: the reason that that tile job was so hard on me is because I had just come from a desk Mm -hmm. job,
1: (laughs) and I, you know, now doing what you do is, I mean, much more difficult physically, um, and maybe even somewhat mentally when you're having to work on, you know, something new you haven't done before, or you know, something very complex. But so much more gratifying, right?
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah.
1: Because you are working with your hands, it's it's that manual labor. It's I mean, it's something that, as a culture, we kind of despise those manual yeah. labor jobs. But they are, they are so fulfilling. They pay well. Um, Oftentimes you can be your own boss. It's very easy to start your own business in those fields. Um, And it's just a very rewarding um, way to live.
0: I feel like we need to have Mike Rowe on the podcast. That
1: would
0: be really cool. I don't don't think he would ever even know who we are. But that's exactly right. I think there's a tendency to look at um, those jobs as a little subpar. Mm -hmm. Um, But... Um, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that. I mean, I don't think it's wise to do that because we've had so many friends that have a, a great desk job or something like that, and they and they've been through so many layoffs because the people that are higher up are sometimes the first people to go because the company's trying to make save money and things like that. Um, you know, and I don't. I mean, every, there's a place for everybody. There's got. There's always got to be someone that knows in the desk and managing those that are underneath. So it's not that you, everybody has to go out there and and do manual labor, but, but with regards to, um, the, the skills, I mean, I'm, I'm 43, I don't plan on doing as much physically as I am now when I'm 63. Uh, I still want to be very active, but I hope to be managing all my boys in some endeavor that we're doing together or something like that. So. There's a there's a place in time for, for management, and there's a place in time for a desk, and there's a place in time for all the, the pencil pushing, paper pushing, pencil pushing. I don't know what it's called. Um, there's a place in time for all of that stuff. But I think the main thought is, with regards to the boys and education, is that, man, God made men to work, you know, even all the way back in the garden. He said, you know, here's this garden. You're going to work it. You're going to tend it. And that was before the fall. Mm-hmm. He only made it difficult. <laughs> After the fall, but the work was still there beforehand. Um, and so we want to teach that to our children, not to despise that work. And And I don't know that that's the end goal. I don't know if that's every parent's end goal for college. Like, this is why I want you to go to college so you can get a, quote, good job. Because that's always been what we were taught. is You need to go to college so you can get a good job. But I don't know what we mean by that. I think I think overall, we would, as parents, well, I would think we'd, we would, we would all be very happy if our children were able to provide for their families, yeah, and and um, and save a little something and be able to um, to serve others and help others with the abundance that God gives them. So, yeah, um, I think our my argument would be that you don't necessarily need college for that anymore.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, maybe once upon a time.
1: Yeah, and and I guess my encouragement would be. And if you don't need college, if it's not something that you absolutely just have to plan every single uh, educational goal around, yeah, um, then for all those parents out there thinking, "Oh, I could never homeschool. I don't. I'm not. Oh, I'm yeah. not trained. I'm not. Um, you know, I don't know how to do that." Um, I can guarantee you my training in school f- to be an educator. Um, Actually, has hindered me more than anything in Mm. my homeschooling. Yeah, Um, you absolutely can homeschool your own kids. Mm -hmm. It is, it is, it is the education of many generations. Yeah, Um, and because you're learning alongside, I'm learning. I'm realizing that I, hey, I never learned that in school. I didn't know that. I didn't know this, and here I have an education degree. Um, I had to literally unlearn everything I was taught in college in order to, um, what I feel is successfully, yeah. um, educate my children at home. Yeah. Um, and when you don't have that, that transcript you're trying to build at the end so that they can get into college um, you really are able to focus on strengths of your your child their area of interest and really capitalize on that and and encourage them and things that will make them grow um, so much so much more than just kind of a one-size-fits-all approach that you're gonna get yeah. in in school um, so um, I'm just here to <laughs> To say it's okay to be different, it's okay to do it differently. Yeah, there's more than one way,
0: especially if you live in the great state of Texas.
1: Amen. (laughs) Great school, great, great state to homeschool in.
0: Yeah, so far. Yeah, I guess if we ever cross that line, then I don't know where we'll move yet. But
1: I hear Florida's pretty free. Oh,
0: we might have to go there. (laughs) I like seafood, I like the ocean.
1: Yeah, (laughs) that'd be fun.
0: No, I I agree, and I think that's um that's that's just all we're trying to convey is that uh be don't be afraid to think outside the box with your children's education um and and that starts when you get married to your significant other and you're thinking about having children you need to be thinking about well how would i educate my children and then you have the the options to choose from that you uh get to think through and pray through and and look at scripture and see where god would lead you but But then whenever it comes to, well, okay, what about further education with, you know, college? You know, I think a lot of times we do things as a culture. We just do things because that's the way they've been done.
1: Yeah, it's culturally acceptable. And
0: and it just seems like, well, yeah, well, that's the next step. And I can tell you from experience, the only reason I went to college was because, well, that's what everybody else is doing. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I didn't care at all about going to college when I graduated high school. I wanted to be a singer. I wanted to play music and, and, and just make money doing that. I, I only went to college because everybody kept telling me, well, you got to have, you know, something to fall back on. And, and I, so I went to music school cause I could fall back on musical right <laughs> now. That's, that was dumb. Uh, so I, you know, I, but I went to college cause that's where my friends went. They just went to college. And I think what, what I'm trying to say is it amazed me at how little thought I gave to the why behind what I was doing. And, and also even, you know, uh, parents, I think sometimes we, we can get caught up in the, this is how this is done and, and not think about the why sometimes.
1: Well, and I think a lot of times, I mean, um, I found myself, you know, giving into this or struggling with this at times too. It's, you know, when you're talking with other parents, um, you want to have, you want to be able to, you want to be able to brag about your kids, you uh-huh. know? you want to be able to oh yeah oh yeah he's in he's in engineering school oh oh yeah he's he's going to med school you know or um,
0: <laughs> he's in music school <laughs> <laughs> My mom never you had anything to brag on. You didn't even
1: get a degree in music. You no, got not a at all. business I, degree. I dropped
0: out as soon as I switched to music education and found out I would not be a good teacher.
1: No, you would not have been.
0: <laughs> Wait a second. You're <laughs> not supposed to agree with me on that?
1: No, you, you, um, it was not your field. I'll just say that. <laughs> but I do think a lot of times, um, maybe we do push our kids in that direction because, um, because it, it might make us look better, you know? Yeah. And and um I, I I get that pressure, you know, I understand that. But um if we can just step back and think about what is truly best for our kids and really ask the questions of why, why are we doing this? Is this necessary? What what will be the result at the end? Will we like the results? Um or what's he interested in, or what's she interested in? Is it even necessary? Do you even need a degree? I mean, you know, people go to college for art degrees. You don't need a degree in art to be an artist.
0: There, um, there are uh, degrees up north. I don't remember what colleges I've read where they offer four-year degrees for painting. Yeah. Not, not um, uh, Michelangelo painting. <laughs> But what I do watercolors. Oh. No, oh. No. No, not watercolors. Like interior
1: either. and exterior painting. Like
0: yeah, doing paint what the I the wall. Like, yeah, paint the wall, paint the trim. They oh, have four wow. year degrees.
1: Okay, so for that. people and I'm like, I'm here to tell you they guys. They are you cheating don't, you out you don't of need money. That.
0: And if you spent two hundred thousand dollars trying to get that degree, man, you could have made that kind oh, of money.
1: Yeah. It's <laughs> it's a, a rip off. They are more than willing to take your money. They will I guess they will create a degree for anything.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, anyway, uh, I think we're sliding off the biscuit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think it's the slope.
0: No, no, no. You can slide off the biscuit if you oh, got uh, butter, jelly, or something like that. Sliding off the I don't know what it is. Gotcha. <laughs> That's another one of my <laughs> phrases.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, wrap us up.
0: I catch a dog by its tail <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> well, Uh, We appreciate everyone that will listen, and uh, we apologize for the the delay in getting uh, another podcast out there, but uh, we've had some encouraging words from a lot of people that have listened, and we hope that you'll enjoy this one as well. And again, just remember that we are figuring out life as we go as well, and so we're not here to tell you that everything is uh, done perfectly if you do a certain thing or that certain thing. We're actually here to hope that you'll listen and then go to the Word of God and go in prayer And find out how he would have you do these things in your home. And uh, we're just trying to give you a fresh perspective from the Stroop household. So uh, until next time, choose this day whom you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord.